0: This podcast is brought to you by the Los Angeles Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Please visit our website at www.oala.com ig.org, where you'll find three podcast feeds of over 200 sound files of individual speakers, as well as events such as retreats and workshops. You'll also find order forms for ordering CDs of many of these speakers through the San Fernando Valley Intergroup of OA. Finally, we have a donation button where you can contribute to keeping this valuable service continuing for yourself and others. Again, our website is www.oalai.g.org. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ramona R. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Terrified. Hi, I'm Ramona. I'm a reco- Hi,
0: Hi.
1: I'm a recovering compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, John. Thank you so much for asking me to be of service tonight, and um, I'm so grateful that I had I found a handful of notes. <laughs> I got a handful of notes in my purse because I am really, um, I, I've been coming to OA since I was, um, I think, 16 or 17 years old, and I'm 35 and a half, and I don't think I've ever shared for longer than 20 minutes, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I just want to ask my higher power to help me say what needs to be said for the majority of the group's recovery, and um, welcome to the newcomers, and um Happy birthday, or, you know, happy 30 and 90 days, nine months, rather. Um, I guess I'll just talk about a little bit about what it was like. But before I say that, um, something struck me when we were, like, when Miguel was reading the steps. You know, the three pertinent ideas, that I'm a compulsive overeater and cannot manage my own life. Couldn't manage my own life. Couldn't manage my own life. Um, This disease, for me, is all about managing. Managing, 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 micromanaging, figuring it out, figuring it out, and uh, whenever I try to figure it out, whether it be with my food, my body, my money, my career, I make a fucking mess of whatever I am trying to figure out. If that mess means that I gain weight, if that mess means that I'm in some sort of Um, depression that they talk about on page 52 that they refer to in the big book as the bedevilments. You know, I'm a prey to misery and depression. I can't control my emotional nature. I'm a fucking train wreck of depression. It's like I make a mess. I make a mess, a huge, huge mess when I try to figure it out, when I try to figure out my life. And that um, probably no human being could relieve me of my compulsive overeating. I have, um, I'm very grateful that I have... um, Dear, dear, dear friends and dear, dear, dear family members, that um, if they could have possibly loved me enough out of this disease, they would have. They tried for years. And um, it's not, if this is for me, not anything that a human power could have ever um, rid me, rid me of this compulsion. And that God can and does when I seek out my higher power, you know. So, all right. Those are my notes. I'm all safety nets right there. Let's talk about what it was like. Um, I don't remember ever, ever, ever since I could. I had my first conscious thoughts. I don't remember not thinking about food, and I don't remember not thinking that there was something wrong with me. I don't remember not thinking that there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong. Something's wrong. I am. I remember being, like, three, four years old and, like, there's something wrong with me. There, I've got to, like, I've got to work for that love. I've got to work for this praise. I've got to work for something. And I remember feeling the, um, the thrill and the power of, uh, of a jelly donut, a powdered jelly donut. Um, I'll, um, <clears throat> I'm um, I'm uh, the daughter, the oldest daughter of a uh, Jewish mom and a Chicano dad. And so, like, a lot of, like, my family interaction when I was little was, like, based around food. You know? It was like food. Like food. Like good food. Good, dense, heart food. You know? Like, <laughs> there was always an excuse to eat. And people in, um, people, especially on one side of my family, really love to stuff their feelings, with no matter what. And, um... <clears throat> and so, um, and there were lots of enablers for my disease when I was little, like lots of enablers, like, you know, my grandfather, and he didn't know. He just liked the jelly donuts himself, you know, so
0: um,
1: there was lots of people around to, like, support support my disease, and um, I remember feeling fat all the time, and I look back on pictures now, and um, I don't think that I was. Like, I look objectively at these at pictures of this little girl, and, like, I might have been, like, I don't even know if you could say that, like, you know, I was chubby. Like, I don't really think that I would qualify even as chubby, but I remember feeling, feeling that fear and tension. Feeling, I don't know if you, for those of you who haven't heard the acronym, FAT stands for fear and tension. You know, whenever I say I feel fat, like, I know I'm fucking tense, and I know I'm fucking afraid. And I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of the, the fear and get rid of the terror. And um, it doesn't work. So I remember being obsessed with food and feeling like there was something inherently wrong with me from day one, you know. And, uh, you know, they say in this program that self-knowledge avails us nothing. Um, You know, who knows? Who knows? Like, seriously, even if God came down and was like, Ramona, this is exactly why it all happened. What's it going to change, quite honestly? Is it going to mean that I can eat like a normal person? Is it going to mean that I don't get obsessed? Is it going to mean that I'm going to change the past? It's not going to mean any of those things. So really, like... I'm done. I am so done trying to figure out the backstory. I really am. You know, like, yeah, I am a pretty typical uh, American, you know, young woman story. I had an eating disorder. One of my parents is an addict. One of my other parents, you know, was a codependent and big deal, quite honestly. Like, average, 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 boring, boring, boring backstory. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> who in this country didn't come from my parents, you know? And so, I <laughs> um, it's like I could, I could look, look at and I blue in the face about why I did what I did or why I felt like I felt. The truth is is that, like, I ate compulsively. I loved thinking about food. I loved thinking about getting thin even when I was eight. And I loved You know, I I don't know if I loved it, but I definitely spent a lot of time in fantasy about, oh, my God, when it's this way, then I'll be okay. You know, thinking about, like, trying to figure out how could I get okay. How could I feel okay, you know? So let's fast forward to, um, so I always loved food. I always loved food. And I always, I always, there's, you know, I never remembered thinking, I never remembered a time where I didn't feel like there was something wrong with me or that there was something to change. Um... And I repeat that only, at not to be boring or redundant, just because, like, I, I, for me, my story is so not about, like, you know, whatever I overate on. It was, like, the, the feelings that, that I was, you know, that there was something wrong with me. And um, that, and the self-hatred. That, for me, is so much more about my disease than, you know, a brownie or not eating fat or eating lettuce only, you know, um, over-exercising, under-exercising, whatever. So I hit puberty when I was 10, and uh, I felt incredibly betrayed and terrified of my body. I felt betrayed. I was, like, still watching, you know, certain cartoons on Saturday morning and playing with certain dolls, and yet on the street I was getting attention from men that, like, I should not, for all intents and purposes, have gotten for, like, quite some years, you know? And so already feeling that there was something wrong with me, now I felt, like, the addition of, like, Shame around my sexuality on top of that, you know? And um, like, oh, here's the validation I've been looking for. There really is something wrong with me, and look. See what happens, you know? Um, so for me, that's when my eating, and I think as far as I can remember, my weight gain really started. Because I, re- I really just wanted, like, the body to look like as close to a barrel as possible. You know, and I think my little, my little mind decided that if I could just eat and make it big from here to here, that maybe I would be okay. Maybe I would feel safe, you know. And it didn't work because I make a mess when I try to figure out my life. I make a mess when I try to draw conclusions. I make a mess when I try to figure it out and solve the problem. And so um, when I was 12 is when I started um, with the bulimia. And... Uh, I managed to, like, throw up a couple times, but I always needed the help of some sort of over-the-counter and yet behind-the-counter. Like, you had to, I think you had to ask for it, but I'm not sure. But, um, I I could never just throw up like other bleemings could, and I was always a little jealous, I have to be honest, you know? Um, (laughs) I was like, damn, I kind of did this right. But, um, but I, I remember stealing my grandmother's laxative gum. I remember, um finding, uh, we had this chocolate-flavored laxative that my mom kept in the kitchen on the top shelf, and I was just like, well, chocolate and it's laxative.
0: <laughs> that, wow! I remember just, like,
1: being so thrilled, like, that, that high, that thrill. And and I remember, like, the first time I used laxatives, my goal was to get into one of my best friend's pairs of pants for, like, a co-ed girl-boy party on Friday night, and I did. I did. I, like, you know, I hardly ate anything, and I you know, ate the hell of that chocolate laxative stuff that I found in the cupboard and I got in my friend's pants and it was that high, you know, like, that high, that high that, you know, I hear, you know, people in AA talk about or that high that, like, I felt when I'd eaten, like, too much sugar, you know, it's like that high and that, but it was like a powerful thing, like, oh, I can do it, I can figure it out. And so, I, um, I tried to, um, to keep that going and quite honestly, like, if I'm if I'm totally vigorously honest, like I am a failed bulimic, completely failed anorexic, but I am a fucking kick ass compulsive overeater. <laughs> I am a gold medal volume eater. I can eat I can like people like I'll joke around coworkers because they don't they don't know. I think one, one knows that I come here. because um, I trust her enough to share with her about it. But, you know, only in this room can I tell people like, no, I literally could eat a cake the size of a mattress. And people go, mm-hmm. And outside of outside of these rooms, people are like, oh, come on. Really? You could eat, like, a cooler full of potato salad? And I'm like, yes, in one sitting with a fork. I could do it. I could volume. I could just, I could. I could do it. And um, thank God today, like, I couldn't do it. You know, like, I'm sure I could if I relapsed. Let me take that back. Whoa. Let me take that back. No. I, I, I know, I know that, like, if I haven't, well, we'll get there later. But, um... Um, but uh, for today, I, I can't wrap my mind around doing it today, thank God. It does not sound like something that's an option or fun or sexy or even the answer or anything that but, but miserable. But back in the day, like, I could put away, like, I was not a failed compulsive overeater. <laughs> I succeeded at eating volumes and volumes of food. So um, even though I did, I did um, practice bulimia and I did go through days of... Um, trying to starve myself or taking speed and drinking only iced tea and only eating melon, like, water-based foods. You know, like, every day it was like, I'd go to bed at night and i think, like, you know, my 13, 14 old 13, 14-year-old mind would be like, okay, tomorrow, Mona, we're going to get up. We're only going to have cantaloupe and honeydew. We're only going to drink Diet Coke. We're only going to drink iced tea. We're only going to drink coffee. and It's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, noon, what have you, like, I was seriously like I had, I had moved on to my little plan and um you know was just piling on heaps and heaps of self-hatred because I was eating compulsively and I hadn't stuck to my idea of what, what I thought would work so um my father found uh his program when I was 13 12 13 and uh kindly took my inventory and said you know daughter I think there's a place for you you know with your with your issues of food and um I've often joked that I don't know if, like, a parent pointing out their daughter or son's compulsive or eating is taking their inventory. Or just being a parent, I don't know yet. Like, maybe we'll see when I'm a parent. God willing, I won't find out. But who knows? I might. I might. You know? I might take my own kids' inventory one day and be like, okay. But maybe not. But um, I. Uh, I think I went to my first meeting. I promised myself I would go when I got my driver's license. Um, and so I waited till I was 17 <laughs> to drive. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I know what that means. That means I've got to go to the McDonald's Center and I've got to go to an OA meeting. I think my mom may have dropped me off at one or two. And I remember, like, putting on my lipstick and trying to pick out the perfect outfit. And, like, I was going to go in and look like nothing was wrong. And um, that's what my life was about, looking like nothing was wrong. You know, like, if you ask any of my friends to describe, like, me, like, back when we were in high school and stuff. Like, you'll hear, like, confident, you know, bubbly, outgoing, blah, blah. And I was just, like, working my fucking ass off to make it seem like I was okay. Because I did not feel anywhere near okay. I felt so the opposite of okay on a daily basis. that it's a miracle that I'm alive, is all i got to say. Um, so um, I remember walking in and just... Feeling like, okay. I was relieved, but I was also terrified because I knew i got to keep going back here. I had a feeling. i got to keep coming back here. I really have a feeling. This is the place. This is the place for me. Because I had also tried, like, a handful of the commercial diet things, you know, like, um, oh, while, while using laxatives. So there I was, like, getting weight once a week and uh, losing weight. And it was because I was abusing laxatives and not because I was following the, um, the notebook the little plan in the notebook that my uh, parents paid money for me to, to do. And my mom would shop and buy everything on my food plan for that commercially sponsored diet thing. And, you know,
0: <sighs>
1: anyway, um, God bless me. That's what I did, you know. Um, anyway, so I was um, 17 when I started coming, and I have not looked back ever since. And so I've been coming to OA for over half my life since I'm 35 now, <laughs> 35 and a half. In fact, I started in a February. So it's like my sixth, 17th, 18th year? 17 and 18th, 35, right? Wow, I've been coming to LA for 18 years. Um, so, um, oh my gosh, way too long on the path. Way too long, way too long. I'll just try to speed it up. Um, so when I first started, I ate three meals a day, nothing in between, and it was a freaking miracle. Weight came off. I felt like I uh, got emotional recovery, I got physical recovery, and for being 18, you know, 17, 18 years old, you know, like, I also did not get absent right away. I definitely had, like, a lot of, like, I took a lot of 30-day shifts, took a lot of 60-day shifts, and then finally was able to get some time. Um, Found a sponsor that I loved and worked up to the third step because I was 18, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, And I tried tried my best to do a a four-step, and... um, I did I did the best that I could, you know, and um, did a up, And I think that's where I think that's where it stopped. So between the ages of 18 and 20, it was a lot of physical recovery, a lot of emotional recovery, a handful of spiritual recovery. I love the third step prayer. I love the serenity prayer. I love the camaraderie I had. I love my freaking life not being ruled by food. I couldn't believe it. And I remember my sponsor just looked at me and I was like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, I want you to eat three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't care what it is. You can do it. You can have a beginning, a middle, and an end of a meal. And it worked. I remember like just like. Oh my god! Like it just—it felt amazing, and I was finally able to like. Um, it felt like um, that's when emotional recovery really started. You know, for the first time in my life, like I could feel. I felt like somewhat okay. So, but that will, we'll we'll get there. Anywho, um, so I uh, when I was 20, I started going to school, started going to college, and um, I moved away from San Diego to Seattle, and my food plan became a higher power. Um, not my higher power my higher power my food plan I kind of like you know like I lived in Seattle and I was like well no one really knows me here and I'm not really sure where meetings are like I lived on campus there were meetings abound you know like college campuses are where lots and lots of OA meetings are and um, so um, I remember like really starting to figure it out with my food again really starting to figure it out with my body again really starting to figure it out and I started restricting in college and I started over-exercising in college. And for the first time, like, if I didn't go to the gym for two hours a day, I was a big piece of unworthy shit. And I was like, you know, and, and that started my spiral into a relapse that would, would happen for two years. But at the beginning of it, I'm just going to say, like, I could, uh, my theme, if there is a theme for my share tonight, is managing my own life, managing my own life, managing my own life. And my experience is that when I've taken the reins back inside these rooms, it leads to relapse, which I don't wish I'm my worst enemy. Um, for those of you who have experienced it, it's just a fucking nightmare. It's truly, truly when I'm in the food and when I'm in the self-hatred that's even worse than the food, like, and trying to figure out how to get out of it, it's just like, it's, it's a desperation and a pain that I, I God willing, will never, ever, ever, ever feel again um but um i did because i wasn't working a spiritual program and i what my program was not the first thing my higher power became my body my higher power became my gym my higher power became fatty salad dressing sugar-free whatever um uh, oh i mean i was a crazy person and always always asking My friends and my family, oh, my God, am I fat? Oh, my God, have I gained weight? Oh, my God, am I fat? Oh, my God, did I get fat again? You know? Totally insane. Totally insane trying to figure out and manage my life again, even though I thought, well, I'm eating three meals a day. My food plan cannot be my higher power. My higher power has to be my higher power, not my food plan. So um, I uh, gradually started restricting more and more and more and more foods, Working with a sponsor that was not right for me at all, Um, because I'm also a people pleaser, I couldn't say no, even though, like, that voice inside of me that I now know is, you know, God, my instinct, whatever, you know, like, said, this is not right. This is not right. I did it anyway. And so I relapsed for two years. And I ate and ate and ate. I ate everything that I restricted on for, like, you know, the time between I was 20 and... Okay, let's see. Let me try and do the math. All right, I'm 35, and I've been out of relapse for 11 and a half years. So was I 24 when I lost my abstinence? Okay, thank you. (laughs) 24 plus 11 is 35. Okay, so, yeah. So um, bottom line is what led me to relapse is I tried to figure it out. I tried to figure it out. I tried to figure it out. Um, So I got out of relapse by working, um, and I never left OA the whole time. The whole time, I and I gained a lot of weight in those two years. I gained a lot of weight. And it was painful, so painful to gain that weight, so painful because I spent so much time thinking, like, tomorrow's going to be different. I'm going to get back on that three meal a day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not eat that thing. I'm going to not eat that thing. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to hike. And then, like, I go on one hike, look in the mirror, and be like, ah, I haven't lost the weight yet, and, like, freak out. And there was no higher power in any of this. There was no love in any of this. There was just more managing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, So um, I found a new sponsor who had what I wanted for sure. She loved herself intensely. She ate whatever she wanted, and she loved her body. Some days she ate three times a day. Sometimes she didn't. And she was like a beacon of light. to remember when she walked into a meeting in Seattle, when we both still live in Seattle, and I was like, wow. And um, so when she said yes to sponsoring me, I was like, okay, I'll do whatever you want, you know. And I think I started eating three meals again, and I know I started working my steps again. And the day I consider, like, my first day out of relapse is the day I turned on my fifth step, which was, like, a thick, like, the density of, like, a phone book, you know. Um Fifth step, and and it was July 7th, 1996, and God willing, I, you know, 11 and a half years out of relapse, and I, I, I'll I just be honest, when I'm not trying to be dramatic or, you know, sound morose or whatever, but I do not have another relapse in me. I don't. Like, my self-hatred on a good day, without, you know, the food on top of it, like, not that there can be a good day with self-hatred, right?
0: That's, <laughs> that's funny.
1: But all I'm saying is that, like, couple that with, like, being in relapse, and I... I, I can't. I've lost i uh, I've lost two friends that I know of. That I know of. One, oh, oh, a former roommate in Seattle. And one friend here to this disease. You know, and um. And there's there's no difference between those two women that took their lives and me. There's not one thing that's different. Um. We all thought we could figure it out, and we all, you know suffer from that self-hatred, and for today, okay, so let me talk about, oh, I want, I want to get the good stuff, the good stuff. Um, so I'll talk about what it's like today. I have my notes, my notes, okay, so um, when I stopped all of my mechanisms, including beating myself up or trying to figure out my food, I lost weight and I was no longer obsessed. My mechanisms of thinking about myself, asking people about myself, what am I going to do about myself? What am I going to do about this part of myself? What am I going to do about this part of my life? It's like all I got to do is stop thinking about that, you know, and and my life gets better like instantaneously. If I think about food, okay, let me talk. Let me just let me just tell you what my bottom line is. My bottom line: abstinence. No binging. No purging. No dieting. And for me, when I'm a diet head. I know that it's a barometer that I'm trying to figure out my life. Like, I can no longer, like, it's a big red flag or gray area, if you will, whatever you want, it, red flag or barometer. Um, if I start thinking too much about, like, you know, like, dieting and figuring it out, I will fucking eat my way out of pants. Even if I eat the same thing, like, something will happen, and I will not be able to fit into my pants. My skinny pants will no longer fit me. Even if I haven't changed the way I'm eating, but if I'm trying to figure out how to get the skinny pants to fit, it's like, they're not going to fit. They're not going to fit. It's hysterical. Um, I try to figure out, like, my romantic life, and it's a big mess. I try to figure out my finances or like, manipulate this and this and this, and it's just a train wreck. So it talks about in the big book. I wish I could remember what page. It's like, I have to stop all my mechanisms, and then, like, my life gets good. (laughs) I hope that makes sense. Um... Oh, and here's, a, here's, like, a novel idea that I've been trying to incorporate into my recovery in the last two or three years. Um, okay, so this disease, like I've shared, you know, for the last 40 minutes, 35 minutes, or whatever. Um, it's all about, like, for me, this disease is all about self-hatred. It's so not about, like, okay, let's just, let's, I'll just be honest. Like, I have every kind of food group in my house today. I have a chip in my house, I've got some chocolate in the house, I've got some cheese, I've got some white flour, I've got, like, I've got everything. I've got lettuce. I keep, like, all food in the house. Um, When I'm not trying to figure out my food, I can have all that food in the house, and it literally does not bother me. I can have it in there forever and forget that it's there sometimes. It's kind of a miracle. Um, When I try to figure out my food, it's a different thing. It's a completely different thing. So, but what... um, what I've been taught to not do, which is monumentally, like, amazing and huge, is that, um, oh, my God, like, I used to beat myself up so badly about having this disease. And if I thought about food, if I thought about a guy, if I thought about my money, if I thought about what I wanted to change, I would beat myself up. Like, Ramona, stop thinking about it. You know you're not supposed to think about him. You know you're not supposed to think about your rule. Your, and it's like, now I'm just like... Okay, all right, God, here's the deal. I am totally obsessed about the fact that my stomach does not feel flat today. And I'm fucking crazy, and there you go. And I love myself anyway. Okay? Okay, God, I just ate a monumentally huge dinner. And what am I going to do? I ate a monumentally huge dinner. Period. Done. End of story. I don't get to have an opinion about it tonight. I don't get to, like, you know, think about it anymore. Because if I think about how much I just finished eating, it's me trying to use more of my own mechanisms again. Figure out what I did. Well, why? It's like, I have my flunkies call me up and they're like, oh my God, I ate a lot of food tonight for dinner and I don't know why. I think it's because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You ate a lot of dinner tonight because you're a compulsive overeater. Period. Done. End of story. Fight. No fight. Feel good about yourself. Don't feel good about yourself. Like, got the raise, didn't get the raise. He called, he didn't call. Like, Please. I, I ate for every single reason. Like, hey, the day ends in Y. Awesome. Let's go. let You know, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I am... Um, <laughs> they get really frustrated with me. Because I, I, like, I don't have time to hear the story. Because there is no story. I eat because I'm a compulsive overeater. I obsess about my body because I'm a compulsive overeater. I obsess about skinny jeans because I'm a compulsive overeater. You know? That's it. It's done. And, um, and to have, like, a neutrality around it, to have, like, no judgment, no opinions, because I was taught to, my sponsor kicks so much ass, unreal. Um, if I could only kick as so much ass as she can, I'll be so happy. But, uh, uh, um, you know, opinions about myself are mechanisms. Opinions are trying to figure it out. That's what I was taught. If I have an opinion about something I've done, I'm trying to figure out what I've done. And opinions are mechanisms, and it says in the book that mechanisms no longer work. It says, I'm an actor, and God's the director. And yesterday I was telling a sponsee, I'm like, your job, you know, because she called me up, and she's like, this about work, and this about the guy, and this about my food, and this about my pants, and blah. You know, and I'm like, okay, so let's just pretend that you're on a movie set, and you show up do you tell the director what time you're supposed to be there or what you're supposed to say or where you're supposed to stand or who you think you should be acting with in this scene? She's like, no. I'm like, right. And how many times have I like tried (laughs) to run my show? I've tried to run my show. I've tried to run my show. show. i try to figure it out, judge the show that I'm trying to run, figure out how I can like be better and trust me, you guys, I am so, I am awful at it. I am coming out of like a pretty bleak last four weeks where I tried to, like, take the reins back and run the show when it came to a certain area of my life. And it resulted in what it talks about on page, I think, 52 in the big book, like, the bedevilment. I was prey to measuring depression. I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was not being a good friend. I wasn't being a good sister. I wasn't being a good daughter. I wasn't being a good worker because I was in total obsession about this one area of my life and trying to figure it out. And, like... I'm not going to say I did it, too, with, like, love and grace. Like, you know, like, okay, I guess I'm obsessed right now, and I love myself anyway. Like, it didn't look like that, either. It looked like, you know, it looked like it was but ugly. Let's just be honest. Like, it was but ugly and painful, and I was in some self-imposed misery and depression. And the only way, like, A, I can't get myself out of it. Like, that's not my job anymore. My job is to show up on set and just be like, what do you want me to do? God's like, why don't you do your boss's, like, you know, why don't you maintain your boss's schedule like you're supposed to? I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Ooh, an hour went by and I didn't think about the thing. You know, like, ask your sister how she's doing. Oh, okay, I didn't think about the thing. You know, like, send your mom a Valentine's Day card. Okay, oh, sorry, you need to say Valentine's Day, that's an outside issue. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. You know, I sent my mom a card, (laughs) and uh, you know, I didn't think about the thing. And like, you know, pretty soon there's like a couple of hours or a couple of days where I'm not thinking about the thing, and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't think about the thing. I didn't try to figure out this part of my life. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, Let's see. Uh, I do want to leave time for questions or whatever. I don't want to take up the whole time. So if I'm trying to figure out, it's a Barometer. If I'm trying to, like, okay, let's say I'm irritated with my sponsees. I know all of the sponsors out there may or may not be able to relate with me, but sometimes <laughs> I'm having like a night where I'm just like, seriously, the phone room is one more time. I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Like, get a grip. I don't know. Read a book. Go call somebody else. But like,
0: it's like, okay, if I'm irritated
1: with, if I'm irritated with my sponsees, if I'm irritated with myself, if I'm irritated with somebody else, it's a big barometer that I'm trying to figure out my life. And I'm not happy with the results of the thing I'm trying to figure out. Because really, if I step back and let my higher power do his job, it's like always monumentally more beautiful and gorgeous than anything I can possibly try to manipulate. I All I want to do is fit into the skinny jeans. Like that's my only little limited vision. I want to fit into the skinny jeans and like, you know, find the man that's going to make me feel really, really special, you know. And it's like, oh, okay, great, done, you know. And... and Every time I've stepped back and let my hired power run the show, like it's so much more than like the skinny jeans. Is that how much? I have ten more minutes.
0: That's a long time. Okay, I
1: will take questions. Okay, so I got to the figuring out it's a barometer thing, and let me just leave you all with um, my current favorite story from the big book right now, which is from the first edition. It's on. It's well, the part that like starts to blow my mind is on page two thirty-five, and. Um, Someone in this room has actually already heard me to share about this story. But um, it's the chapter in the first edition of the big book um, called Our Southern Friend. And it's this, this alcoholic, and he's talking about how, like, it's like these little tiny paragraphs. And he's like, woke up, felt like crap, felt angry at wife, felt angry at kids. No one's doing things my way. I'm miserable. I want to go drink. Instead, I ask somebody else how they're doing. I don't think about drinking anymore. It's like the most simple step three story ever in the big book possible. Like, that's my opinion, at least. And um, there's, like, this, you know, sometimes the third step prayer just, I I, I feel like it's just even, like, a little bit too fancy for me. So I will read you what I wrote down from our southern friend, because this is really, this really I can relate to. (laughs) God, here I am, and here are all my troubles. I've made a mess of things and can't do anything about it. You take me and take all my troubles and do anything you want with me. And that's really, like... You know, if there's a theme to my recovery today, it's like, I try, and I make a mess. I get out of the way, and there's really no mess. There might not be what I want in that moment, but even then, if I'm like, oh, man, this is not what I want. Oh, wait, let me me call somebody and see how they're doing. Let me take this call from the sponsor. Let me go to a meeting. Let me go be of service, blah, 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 blah. Then, usually, I forget about the troubles. Like, for the last... mm, 45 minutes almost, I forgot about my troubles, and I honestly, like, would have to stop and take a minute and think about what they really are to remember what they are. So, hey, for that, I'm grateful. Okay, so I'll like, throw out some numbers, too. So, again, I have 11 and a half years out of relapse. I'm probably, you know, I've probably lost, like, between 40 and 50 pounds. I don't get on scale. Not that they terrify me as much as they used to anymore, because, again, like, you know, Having judgment of that number is just another mechanism that's going to end to me gaining weight? So if I think about the number and I have an opinion about it that's negative, like I'll get fat, and the number will be higher, and I do not want that. Um, and uh, yeah, and I uh, I don't I fear no food, I fear no food group, I fear no country, I fear no airplane ride, I fear no minibar. <sighs> Because if I'm honestly not trying to figure, if I'm if I'm not trying to figure out my food, I, I just doesn't it doesn't do anything. It, there's really there's really um, no uh, uh, nothing that I I don't know. It's not for me to figure out, and so I just don't. It doesn't, doesn't feel like an issue. So um, hopefully that made some sense and helped some people. God, I hope it helped some people. And uh, and that's it.
0: Thank you. Okay. All right. I'll take questions. Okay. Any questions? Okay. Thank you very much. Welcome. Okay. Um, you know what struck me, and um, what I'm curious about is um, you talked about when you were in the US, mm-hmm. um that you never stopped going to meetings and never left away. And I'm pretty new to this program, and I
1: sometimes fear that um, you know if if I were to relapse, it
0: my pride would keep me from you know, mm.
1: telling the truth about it and, and
0: coming back. And so I just not that that's something I even ought to be thinking about. But I just wonder. I think that's so amazing. And I just wonder.
1: I'm convinced that beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am a compulsive overeater and like there is no other place for me to go because if one of the commercially sponsored programs had worked for me if the love of my family had worked for me if reading a self-help book had worked for me if a therapist had worked for me then I wouldn't need it you know and this program has never done anything but work for me it's when I try to figure it out that I relapse, and it, it still works because I kept coming back it still worked because I knew it was the only solution. Like that, like that gut instinct in, inside me was like, "Dude, you know what you need to do. You know you need to go back and like just be honest about where you are." So um, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the last stop in the block. Whether or not I'm in the food or not in the food. So yeah, I hope that helps. Hi. Um what most helps me, I have Post-its all over my desk. let say one says who's running the show. Um, like, I literally, I pulled one, two, three, four, five, five notes out of my purse, and I can't remember when I stuck them in. I, Post-its, I'm a big believer of Post-its. <laughs> Post-its may be one of my, my one of my tools, uh, my, my nice tool. Um, figuring it out, like, if, okay, if there's a who, what, wow, when, a who, what, a why, a when, or a how in front of a question that I'm asking, then I know I'm trying to figure it out. Pretty much everything is off limits. Um. Oh, and here's a big way I know that I'm trying to figure it out. Or, like, how, if, if I'm in some sort of, like, okay, it's one thing if I stub my toe or some strange person, like, yells at me on the street randomly or I get in a car accident or I realize my wallet's been stolen, then, like I have lights, I, like, I have, like, permission to feel, like, Panic or fear or, like, you know, like, terror, like I'm afraid of somebody else. But if I have that, like, kind of slow-burning kind of depression that's like, oh, like that sinking kind of depression, that's only from a result of this. Then I know I'm trying to figure it out. And then it's like, ooh, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. All I have to do is step three. Just stop. I don't know if that answers your question. Okay, good. Yes.
0: Um. Um, how do you work the spiritual
1: part of your program in relation to how do you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely, like, know that I'm not running the show. Like, for sure. Like, it's like... A lot of times during the day what I'll say to myself, it's like, okay, God, I don't know what, I don't know when, I just trust that you're doing it. I don't know what you're doing, I don't know when you're going to do it, I just trust you're doing it. I say the third step prayer in the morning before I get out of bed and before I go to sleep. Um, I have been meditating like once a day ideally i do it twice um i uh have my god box let's see i uh i mean for me like the steps are all about like the spiritual part of the program and i'm i'm working my six and my seventh step right now i um i talk to my sponsor like every day pretty much um and uh, i do a lot of talking to god throughout the day a lot like Okay, God, like, if it's just like, okay, God, help me, or if it's, okay, like, you know, I'm running the show, dude, take the reins, I don't want to figure this out, or, okay, God, I'm figuring it out, and it's okay, but I'm done figuring it out now, you know? Um, it's not very fancy, I guess. Deva. You <laughs> talk about how you determine what is uh... your mm. well Oh, God, that's such a good one. That's a really, really good question. Um, Self-will doesn't feel good. Um, Self-will doesn't feel good. Like, oh, God, here's a good one. Like, there was a long time when, like, I couldn't give up eating burritos for lunch, and I was panicked. I was panicked. There was this one place I would work, and I could not stop going for lunch. (laughs) I know, it's funny. Um, And I remember my sponsor telling me, like, she's like, stop judging yourself over the burritos and your desire to eat the burritos will be lifted and it's true like I was like okay God I'm eating a burrito for lunch for like the fifth day in a row and it's okay like or if I don't want to like if I judge myself over anything I instantly don't do that thing more that I want to do like if I'm afraid to balance the checkbook and I'm judging myself over it I'm pretty much not going to balance my checkbook any, t- any faster if I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not judging my balancing my checkbook today, and it's okay. I trust I'll balance my checkbook when, it's, when I'm supposed to, and it's okay. Like intuitively, or naturally, or instinctively, or harmoniously—that's like a word that I love using. It's like when it feels harmonious, I, I, I know that it's, I know that it's loving action. Um, and sometimes it's just like praying for the willingness, you know. And um, sometimes, like, the most action I can take around something where, you know, if I can't, if I can't decide what's the self-will and what's not, is like when I write on a piece of paper and throw it in my God box, you know. I hope that helps. Usually, if it, if it feels good and harmonious, it's God's will. If it doesn't, it's not mine. I mean, it's my will for sure. Yeah. What's up? We have to stop now, okay? I have to stop now. So thanks for (laughs) the media service.